Welcome to Working Dog Radio. Broadcasting the Bite. Uh, it's Ted. Eric and I make no bones about the fact that we love Dogtra. We've been using them even long before they were sponsors of the podcast. Uh, my favorite is the 1900S hands-free. I typically have the remote in my pocket and I just put the other remote inside my glove or on my wrist and I can use that thing all day long. It's fantastic. Dr. is going to continue to be a sponsor of the podcast and because of that, you guys get a discount. So if you head to dogtra.com, any unit over $200, you'll get a 10% off if you use the discount code WDR10. That's Working Dog Radio 10, WDR10, dogtra.com. Go get it. This episode of Working Dog Radio is being brought to you in part by RayAllen.com. RayAllen.com, your one-stop shop for everything dog-related. Not just canine, not just search and rescue, not just civilian sport, and not just pets. All of it. Everything related to a dog you can find at RayAllen.com. Be sure to mention the discount code WORKINGDOGRADIO for 10% off your next order. RayAllen.com for all things dogs. Man, we are stoked to have TrueScent back on the podcast as a sponsor. Train your explosive detection dogs with TrueScent Canine, not a pseudo. It's a simulant. Training aids available at TrueScent Canine. That's the letter K, the number nine, dot com, or 512-533-2040. If you use the code WDR15, that's WDR15, you get 15% off your next order of training aids. Accessories are excluded. Hit them up, truescentcanine.com. This episode of Working Dog Radio is brought to you by Hits Training and Consulting. Next year, August 13th through the 16th in Chicago, Illinois, the number one police canine conference in the world hands down the most amazing instructors there wait till you see the vendor show if you thought last year was big you haven't seen anything there's going to be vendors from every facet of the canine industry giveaways everything you can think of great times during the day great times at night ted and i'll be there working dog radio booth gonna have a good time hits 2019 don't wait register now hits canine.net any working dog handler can tell you these dogs find magical and magnificent ways to hurt themselves. Hell, half of being a handler is keeping them from hurting themselves. Much like maintenance training, care and upkeep is an important ongoing duty of any working handler, no matter if it's military, law enforcement, search and rescue, or sport. I had a dual-purpose dog at the kennel that we were training that had a hot spot from a food allergy, and it was clearly bugging him. We had to continue working this dog. I didn't have time for him to take off. So our vet wanted to put him on some anti-inflammatory, and I'm usually pretty anti-med unless it's absolutely necessary. If you remember from the Janet Baker episode, certain medications will cause problems with detection, and I ain't got time for that. I found a product called Quick Term from the people over at VetCare. I used this spray once a day for a week, and it was gone completely. We had another dog get a puncture wound during a track on his chest, and it probably needed a staple, but it was in a weird area. So I clipped a fur around it and put this on there once a day for about 10 days, and it was like it never happened. This isn't a Me Too product. It's not relabeled. It's specifically made for dogs and horses. Nothing like it on the market, and it works on wounds, but it also takes care of skin issues like flea dermatitis, hot spots like I mentioned, lick sores, granulomas, pad injury, and the dreaded happy tail, which causes the back of your patrol cruiser to look like the OJ crime scene. It's a patented formula with a lot of science behind it. This shit really works. Due disclosure, I got tagged pretty bad and needed to get sewn back together a couple months ago, and I may have used it on myself, and it works great. The stuff is also temperature stable, so you can keep it in the patrol car with all the rest of your first aid supplies in the summer and the winter, and it'll help prevent small issues from becoming larger ones, and it'll keep the admins happy because the vet bills will go down. Head over to vetcare.us and use the discount code 10WDR. That's 10WDR and get 10% off. Get your working dogs working again and quicker with QuickDerm. Uh, it's Ted from Working Dog Radio, broadcasting the bite. Uh, we got a series of episodes coming up that are going to be live from the Blue Line Canine Training Conference in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, I am always as Ted Summers. With me is Eric Stambro. Eric, what's up? Um, having a good time. I ate too many waffle fries at lunch today. But <laughs> I feel like a fat kid. I drank too much. Yeah. Um, uh, it's good, man. I tell you what, I can't believe for a first-time conference how well attended it is. Yeah. The vendor show is great. 
Um, it's good to see, you know, a lot of people that we know here. We're uh, guys we haven't got to see in a couple of the last conferences, so it's been really right. cool. And no sex offenders yeah, true on story. this conference. Yeah, no sexual, none. Actual, sexual misconduct panda. We don't have any right. of that here. No federal gun felons. Nope, none of those guys either. None there is them. some ATF guys, though, from the SRT team. I saw that guy. Yeah. Did you see him? Yeah, they're borderline. They got sweet hoodies, though. Yeah. They, he definitely has a badass hoodie. I don't know yeah. where they got it, but uh, that. <laughs> they but probably yeah. don't have any of those. So, again, as always, when you're making your conference plans for the year, if the owner of the conference is a convicted sex offender who pled guilty to it, especially, don't go to that fucking conference. And had to write an apology letter. So, um, Bravo 3. Blue Line and Hits are not the sex offender conferences. True story. They're the good ones. That's so true. you deduce, you do your own math here. Product of, by process of elimination. Right. I'm, I didn't get a math degree, but I do know. So, uh, yeah, so for the first time, uh, there's been some really good. I, I sat in a conference or in a seminar today with a. Uh, assistant uh an ada and a uh, detective assigned to a dea task force and it was fucking awesome um they were super funny super well informed lots of good information so yeah for the first time out uh joe and matt did a really good job uh putting this together hotel's awesome uh coffee's i would long. know <laughs> i'm <laughs> stuck driving right. back and forth to Canada every day because i have <laughs> dogs too many i have a murder dog i have a dog that i'm boarding that uh isn't very nice with a lot of people. He likes me, so fuck it, whatever. He can stay over there. Yeah, so I'm having one beer, and that's it. <laughs> Boring. I'll drink the rest of yours. Yeah. So who who do we have sitting across the table? Um, what was your we, name? We've known we've known this guy for a while. <laughs> we have some. Uh, God damn. I think I, I think I can remember Matt when you started in in all this. Started getting going. Um, and now we ha we use uh, a, a vendor Milan out over in Germany. We both use him, yep. and we we get to uh, see each other a lot as far as online and things like that. And um, so, uh, go ahead, introduce yourself to everybody, <clears throat> business, everything, what's going on, and uh, we'll go from there. Well, okay. Um, first, I, I'm still trying to figure out what I'm doing here with all these heavyweights. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, you've got some really 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 salty and, and knowledgeable people in the industry um it's just it's an honor to actually be a part of this whole thing um so uh so i'm matt and i own dna canine um we do some vending police training um primarily now i guess the past two years i've been doing a lot of like tour traveling working with units conus no conus just with uh controlled aggression work high angle work or some sort of uh, team integration movement towards a target um or just you know cop shops where you you fix certain problems that are pretty prevalent are prevalent um in a uh, in most of your, your agencies they still don't have the the little key to to make that, mm -hmm. that happen you know um yeah i see you traveling a lot like all over the world really where are you based out of we're based uh, just east of Charlotte, North Carolina. No, I like Charlotte. Yeah, it's a nice place. Um, Big actually, ass airport. Huge, <laughs> huge. And uh, yeah, I know it intimately. <laughs> but uh, I'm actually um, starting to make some plans to relocate towards Tennessee. Oh, okay. Um, again, I'm, I'm, I, the one thing I can't do is be in two places at once. Yeah, you know, so I'm, I'm at that point where I'm either going to uh, hire some guys who I trust to kind of take over and, and with with the foundational police canine training, um, where I would still select the dogs, but you know you have some guys with some knowledge and do that stuff while I make my travels, or just shut the whole thing down and, and open a bar in the mountains. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Everybody's moving to Tennessee because there's no state tax. It's like cheap as shit to live. Yeah, uh, Texas and Florida too. Yeah. Oh, Florida, yeah. Florida, Florida cheap, yeah. though. That's the only problem. No, it is not. Texas is cheap. I mean, well, Red, outside of fucking Austin. His, yeah. his pension, like, tripled moving to American Tennessee. But, uh, so, yeah, um, one of the things that I've noticed over, because, I, you know, I, I follow a lot of people on social media, and I pay attention to a lot, is you've gotten really, really good at uh, dog selection. Talk about a little bit about that kind of, how was when you started some of the mistakes you might have made and where you ended yeah. up going? Um, yeah, I'm at the risk of, of beating my own chest here. Um, I had phenomenal leadership when it came to actually what you're looking for in these dogs, right? Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I mean, you make you make the, the basic mistakes. You see, um, just for lack of experience, you know, you see something that um, 
you fall for trainer tricks, for example, like, you know, you want a dog that's environmentally sound, right? And so you, you haven't been in the game long enough, so you allow one of the one of the trainers to tease that dog up on a table with a ball, and you're like, oh, he's awesome, and you get him mm-hmm. back, and he, he's like, no, I'm not jumping. <laughs> not mine, yeah, right? Yeah. And uh, so, so definitely testing dogs and what, what they're made of out of drive is, is huge for me. Um, I like balance. Of course, that, that comes from you know, one of my masters, Franco Angelini. You know, just a nice, solid, balanced dog, right? I don't go too much on aesthetics. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, being a vendor, of course, you, you know, unfortunately, that you do have clients that are more concerned with the, the look of the dog rather than the performance. You know, why I have an ugly dog? Yeah. Except for Alicia. She's got one. Yeah, we have an ugly dog. Sure. Um, but uh, but overall health. Um, one of the, thing that, the things that, that kills me is you get this perfectly um, driven dog in every aspect of it, and then just to find out after you've done the initial training, he's just plastic, mm-hmm. you know, or teeth are busted out. You yeah. Know? Um, but what's really helped me when I go overseas to select these dogs is the networks and the and the relationships I've built with people over there who um, who understand what what this really is. You know, it's not a dog and pony show, and they they understand from a handler's perspective when you're by yourself out in the woods looking for somebody your security's dropped off you know what do you need Hmm. there you know and then also you know once you have that i guess that that animal that machine with you uh when you go home well you have children too you know you have a family you have people who drop by you know and so um you know every dog needs to be selected for the task it's it's intended for but ultimately that you know being able to um find that balanced dog is as healthy is is a task in itself yeah you know yeah i talk to vendors when i uh, that i deal with overseas they're like i found a great dog uh, two or three great dogs um going to the vet you know test them out they look good going to the yeah. vet and they call back and they're like they all failed all three of them all failed the hips um teeth you know whatever Missing a vertebrae yeah there's that or yeah, have that three extras yeah or yeah, yeah that one too there's all yeah. kinds of things so for guys like there's a ton of guys like me yeah. that buy dogs from europe and we do it from relationships and we do it through video yeah versus going over there only because of, of time mm-hmm. um what have you found did you do that in the beginning did you buy it no, from video you've always no. been over uh, always went over i always had to put hands on dogs um Again, once you, once you develop relationships, you become more familiar with, with how things operate over there. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and I've discussed this with a lot of handlers, too. Like, um, you know, some guys are phenomenal handlers, been handling for 20 plus years you know, in an operational capacity. But uh, they, they don't understand the, you know, the, the gypsy relationships. They don't mm-hmm. understand where these dogs come from. They don't oh, understand yeah. that, you know, you really have to know someone to get the right dog, you know. Um, but, uh, but off of video, I mean, um, you know, you're, you're kind of at a disadvantage. You know, um, and that's why they, like we were talking about the relationship comes the trust. Yeah. Right. Because you know dogs aren't through association repetition. You know they're, they're going to be in that same training ground over and over and over again. Um, who's to say that that when they're taking that video, that's not the thirtieth time they've ran that. Yeah. To make right. it actually look yeah. good. You know what I mean? Um, there's so many other trainer tricks that you know. I mean, it, it's 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 a blood sport. It's a money game. You know, and uh, it's one of the things that kind of frustrates me too is is when you see someone who has a good real, uh, reputation or, or had one and then this instead of instead of being true to the mission you know being true to that handler maybe you see an extra dollar sign and you, and you push shit and they, and they buy it from mm-hmm. you you know just be, just because of who you are oh yeah you know i think it's a, it's a mortal sin you know one of the big tricks nowadays too is a lot of vendors will say oh well i'll take the dog back if it washes Right, but you yeah. don't get your fucking time back, which is a big deal. So, um, we've got some departments locally um, to me that would do green dogs, and they would decide to wash the dog six, eight weeks in, and then the handler's like, "Oh," or the vendor's like, "All right, cool. Like, yeah, I'll take it back and I'll replace it." And like, yeah, but you've just spent forty hours a week for eight weeks and you I mean you can't get that back yeah and so you know I mean the selection process ends up costing them or not knowing the correct way to select the dog ends up costing them hundreds of hours in time and yeah they're not out money and they're gonna get paid no matter what because they're a salary dudes but I mean but still I mean you're wasting valuable resources that could be used somewhere else absolutely and then consider some of the departments you know operational tempo you know you're on a schedule to have a dog it's always it's always not fast enough there there is the like when's it supposed to be done like yesterday Mm -hmm. like and just the answer all the time (laughs) but it seems to be like an ongoing beast too because a lot of us in this industry are a types you know we like immediate satisfaction and you know we don't we don't like telling 
telling our superiors, you know, give me give me a little more time, you know, that we want to perform, you right. know, and it can, it can snowball too. You yeah. know what I mean? It can very snowball. It can be easily taken advantage of, and it's just a, that's the sad truth of it. So, are you? We get this question a lot, um, and everybody does. Are you? Do you lean more towards a breed? Um, I, I think I have better luck with with more of the more of the herding type breeds, mm -hmm. um, particularly Malinois. But I tell you what, man, recently in the last couple of years, these crosses have been re getting really good results out of them. You know, um, with shepherd, you mean? <laughs> or Dutch and no, like it's any cross. Any it cross. could be a Malchette, whatever you know. Shep and walk. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's the guys Malheur. who are who are either on purpose or accidentally still breeding for purpose rather than fashion, mm -hmm. right? Um, I've never been a guy. Hey, he's, he owls these papers. I don't give a shit. Yeah, you know? yeah. I don't know what I'm, that shit means. I'm here to buy him. I don't care what his parents did. You know, let's let's, let's see what he does. Um, but uh, but no, these crosses because you know when you breed for purpose, you know like it's, it's hard to find a solid German Shepherd. Yeah, it is right. That's healthy. You know it really is. Um, and you know, I mean your generation, you know, the, the guys are, who are you know a little bit older, older than me, they they remember those those swamp collies that were just amazing. They had that on and off switch, right? And then you compare that to the Malinois, which you know we love that because you know he's a He's a beast. You know, mm -hmm. he, he murders yeah. everything inside. He never cuts off. Hell, the only worry you have with him is that you can, you know, make sure it doesn't overheat. Yeah, you know? right. right. And um, there's there's beauty to both of those where, you know, you want that in, that drive and that intensity and that I'm never going to quit. I'm going to die on this bite. Um, if that comes from a Malinois. But then when you take that thing home, remember, he doesn't cut off. It <laughs> <laughs> yeah. fucking sucks, yeah. man. You know, then you have that shepherd where everything's good to go and he's calm and he turn it on, right? But if you scold him too hard, he pouts for three days. Yeah. You know, like, right. <laughs> he's, he's just yeah. butthurt. <laughs> do, do you get, um, in Europe, do you get floppy dogs? Yeah, I do. I do. Um, you know, I, a, a lot of people who, who select dogs from me, again, they're going for more of uh, an operational capacity, what mm -hmm. the animal can do perform, performance-wise rather than aesthetics. But, um, yeah, I mean, um, and, uh, and honestly, some of the some of the uh, relationships I've built with agencies were at first that, you know, if you had a flop ear on a dog's car, I said, wait a minute, you know, mm -hmm. like, watch what you can do. And, you know, you, you start to kind of shape the... Uh, the, the vision on, on what canine is now again because again we, we're still falling with old habits you know and and you do have agencies that are more concerned about four legs and a tail rather than someone's going to find somebody that just you know ran off yeah, right? right my old agency we have a dog that um that is a just a wrecking machine just a absolute wrecking machine and he has floppy ears and big giant mouth mm -hmm. so i think he's a cross but the uh, the vendor that we got him from, Dave, who's here, he said the three or four agencies passed on because of aesthetics. Mm -hmm. Big mistake. Yeah, yeah, big mistake. Huge man. Team flop here. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's been an epidemic that that's always been that way. Um, but again, if you look at the the evolution of training and selecting in the past twenty years, it's it's pretty crazy. You know, like fifteen years ago, you you can get a two and a half year old, three year old dig dragger, mature, mm -hmm. red rock and roll. You know, all the handler's got to do is just yank and crank him around till he learns a new language, and then drop the leash, and mm -hmm. you, know, you got you got your police dog, right? <laughs> um, now. These two and a half, three years old in Kenley sucks. Yeah, you know, right. Oh, yeah. Or That's assuming they're not lying to you. Yeah, there's <laughs> that too. You know, you got to you got to watch the teeth. You got to see. Sure, he's two and a half. He's like yeah. eleven months old. He'll be yeah. two and a half next year, bro. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> or, uh, or how old's that dog? How old do you want them to be? Yeah. Oh shit. Oh yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. But um, but you know, you're you're seeing a a, a huge in, uh, influx in younger dogs. You know, mm -hmm. and your your training and your approach is it has to be changed in the in the old days were. You know what I mean? Because uh, some of the some of the heavy-handed shit you can get away with with a more mature dog that's ready to rock and roll will shut down a perfect machine. Yeah. But he's right. just not mentally mature enough, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, sometimes they're still fucking puppies. I mean, a lot of times, you know, the dogs come in and they're 14 months old. They know how to bite a sleeve and they chase a tennis ball. And, and that's kind of the whole conversation we've had, too, before. I don't know if we've got it on the show or not, but about green or, like, what green is. And I just started saying, like, when somebody calls me, like, I want a green dog. I'm like, well, what do you mean? Yeah. Like, because I got a six-month-old puppy. <laughs> that turns broad. And he'll yeah, it doesn't do shit. And, and he'll chase a fucking rag, and, and he will make a badass control dog, but 
You know what I mean? Like, what do you want to do? In fact, one of our local departments uh, that I have dogs on, the chief, um, wants their head guy to do the training. He's like, oh, I'm not real comfortable with that, you know? And so we have some dogs that were pretty much done on odor and pretty much done on bites and all he's got to do is teach them to track. And he's like, yeah, that's green for me. I'm like, perfect. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, I've had that same that yeah. same conversation with a lot of different agencies where uh, <laughs> like, so by green, you mean he's on seven odors and uh, right, yeah. he's on a, a, a 200 he's yard track. He's never been certified. That's green. You know, pretty much. like, oh, what are we talking about? Or, you know, does, does he know his own name? Does that matter? Do, yeah. you, do you get, um, Single purpose like hunting dogs from Europe? Do, um, do they? I, I don't know of too many people that import a ton. I'm I'm not a I, honestly I'm, I'm not a huge single purpose vendor. I think yeah. if I was a smarter man, I would be. In fact, <laughs> in fact, the uh, the the, uh, the the advice that you know that one of my masters telling me is like, if you were smart, you just do pets and single purpose and just you know be be good to go. Um, but uh, but no, I, I'm looking for the same drive. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it it really depends. Like I just did a. Uh, did a small contract for a good dude and, and I had to procure 30 mm-hmm. and and we had a ridiculous time frame to hit uh, for training so everything comes down to the selection you know this that's the one thing you can't have back is time you know, right how, yeah how how quickly can this dog absorb and and now those are all point years though yeah 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 man males were, and females they were all point scouring some Europe yeah. fucking farms there yeah oh, yeah bro <laughs> yeah bro I know the I know the contract and the time frame and I was like ooh yeah thank God I wasn't asked to help there are good uh, hunting dogs. I mean, you know, because we're, we're in Oklahoma and yeah. they love to shoot shit there. So the hunting dog population in Oklahoma, Kansas, like the central borders from the country is super well developed. And we have a dog on a local department um, that the sire and the dam were imported from Europe. And I think the sire is actually the like 2013 Italian retriever national champion or something ridiculous. Yeah. I don't even know. Yeah. Like, I was like, I don't do hunting dogs. I don't know. But, and that dog, his little short hair pointer, that dog's gangster as shit. He is a dope finding machine, <laughs> but he was bred in Oklahoma in the tiny ass town between Oklahoma city and Tulsa. And these people do like, I think she said they do almost 20 litters a year and there's a waiting list for their dogs. Uh, for hunters and yeah. they pay obscene amounts of money for dogs like you think we pay a lot for green dogs you should see what these guys pay for for hunting dogs for a blue ribbon yeah, yeah. yeah. and then so they <laughs> had to pay a dude to hand to, to work yeah. the dog they're just the guy yeah. that owns it and that's so crazy we we it's got like horse dogs stuff. and we got a deal on this one because um uh this the litter was all solid color so it was all brown or all black and that's not what people wanted yeah so yeah no really? seriously they wanted like a little speckle or yeah. whatever color yeah. I say I'm obviously not a hunting guy but I mean and his name's Crow. I called him Crow his new name is Ranger but he's a badass he's a great detection dog and we bought him at eight weeks old and raised him up and he's gangster yeah I but, think we still have the market on that yeah uh, I mean I'm, I'm sure the English with their uh, their springers will probably argue that against that but have you you fucked around with any of those uh, giant schnauzers um just, just like in a uh, in a competition, you know, mm-hmm. from a buddy. I know, I know. I've got a, um, I've got a buddy that's got, that's got one, and uh, he's a monster. Mm-hmm. He's a fucking monster, you know. But uh, then there's there's other ones that you see that are they're not quite to that level. It's more clickbait. Yeah. You know? uh, yeah. Um, yep. You know, some of those can really find dope. I just haven't been impressed with the bite work on a lot of no. them. Yeah. Even the clickbait ones, especially the clickbait one. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you this. Um, so you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm a little more. I mean, Ted, you know, I, I, I don't really say much. I kind of stay low key. <laughs> no, and, yeah. You know, and yeah. and uh, you know, but uh, I, and I try and stay in my lane. You know. Um, um, but I get asked all the time, you know, like, why do you go to Europe? Why do you go to Europe? Why do you go to Europe? And I, and I say, well, you can make a movie anywhere, you know, but if you want to make a blockbuster, you go to Hollywood, and that's what they do, right? Mm-hmm. But as many people as you guys run into and, 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 and touch and, 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 you know, communicate with, right, um, do you see the United States, like, becoming an, an actual place where you can find decent fucking dogs or not in, in a high in, percentage in, in the, no, we would love it yeah, <laughs> trust me we yeah no you know shit. as well as anything the, I mean, the shipping is is turned into extortion in my opinion over, from the over, over three years yeah. in three years it's gone from gone from a little expensive to fucking stupid Dude, and Air Berlin still owes me money when they fucking went under yeah, so I mean, just, yeah. Yeah. you know the and you know there are some people in the US like Kendall down mm-hmm. in Texas and then you got Seth Morzowski Florida, Chip Johnson out in California, um, the Spicers are doing breedings and they're doing a great job, but I don't, 
you know, I think that we need people like that that are dedicated to the United States doesn't have a, a culture of raising working animals yeah. um, like they do in Holland. And on top of that, too, like Dave Smeets is here somewhere. He's walking around. But when he was in Vegas last time, he was like, oh, would you mind driving me to be- to L.A.? And I'm like, fuck, dude, that's four hours the wrong way. Like yeah. He's like, oh, it's only this far on the map. I'm like, bro, the U.S. is big, yeah. like real big. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Holland is like the size of Tulsa County. I mean, it's not. And I mean, so like I think they kind of misstep sometimes about how big the United States is. And and, you know, I mean, even looking at where people get dogs, I mean, if you look at dudes up in the Northeast, there's a lot of vendors that are really good up there, and that's where they sell dogs. Same thing in Florida. Like, if you look at uh, the guys in South Florida, there's that one vendor down there that does a fantastic job, and that's where 90% of those dogs come from, so mm-hmm. it's very regional. But, you know, I, I think there are people in the country that are doing um, a good job, but we definitely need more. I mean, I don't think I could ever get into breeding. You know, because um, I'm wondering, as, it, you know, as you, you brought up culture, you know, where in Europe, you know, let's, let's be realistic here, two, maybe three out of any breeding are going to be what they need to be for this for this realm. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you do with the other seven? We know what they do. We know yeah, what they yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, so then, so then it becomes a, a problem where you have someone who's like super motivated, someone who has a knowledge, but they're just nickel and dimed to death mm-hmm. with with feeding with fed, oh, yeah. with training with time you yep. know and then you know you have to compete with the guy who got his certification for training dogs online last week and, and he's going to cut your throat for two thousand dollars off a dog you know like what do you do yeah you know what do you do and so I, I, that's always an interesting premise i, I had the same conversation with my buddies in europe you know like you know why do you guys keep coming here? You know, I think they just want to hear it. You know, yeah. <laughs> so right, they just yeah. want to hear they're better than us at something. That's probably so. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> Let's take a break for just a second and hear from our sponsors. We'll be right back. Eric here. Like many trainers, Ted and I go through toys with the hard, super chewer dogs we typically have in our kennel. So we need toys designed to withstand the grueling reality of high-drive working dogs. That's where USA Canine Dog Toys excel. Their toys are made from an extremely durable rubber compound. They have reward toys as well as food dispenser toys, all made to last and are very affordable. All the toys are military-themed. Go to the website, www.usa-canine.com. Check out the grenade-shaped toys. They got the cherry bomb. They got a lot of other great things over there, military-themed toys. Here's the best part. A portion of all USA Canine proceeds go to support military working dogs and other veterans organizations. And that's freaking badass. www.usa-canine.com. Use the promo code K9PRO. Or check them out on Instagram at USA Canine Dog Toys. Hey everybody, it's Ted. Let's talk about training and conferences. We know training budgets are always tight and that's why the crew from HITS goes the extra mile for you. Let's be honest here. There's no other canine training conference on the planet like HITS. It has now gotten so large that the 2019 HITS will be held at the largest convention center in North America. That's Chicago's McCormick Place. Experience matters when it comes to putting on a show like this and when it comes to police dog trainers. The guys who run HITS are still working police dogs just like you. There's going to be three full days of training with five classes classes in session at a time. Toffers are going to range from patrol work and dog selection to case law to search and rescue to canine first aid and everything in between. They had 1,100 people in attendance last year in D.C. and are planning for more this year. And it wouldn't be a conference without the vendors. The McCormick Place has enough room for 100 vendor booths. You can meet the people that make the equipment you guys use every single day. The vendors make coming to hits an experience like nothing else in this industry. Plus the free stuff. Everybody loves free stuff. Last year they gave about 40 grand in cash and prizes from vendors. I expect Chicago to be bigger. So come join the crew from Working Dog Radio in Chicago during the week of August 13th through the 16th at McCormick Place in Chicago, Illinois. Now, I know handlers and I know you people wait to the last minute to do everything. Don't be that guy. Head over to hitscanine.net. That's the letter K, the number nine, to get registered and save money on your registration for doing it early. There's also information about the discounted hotel rooms. That's August 13th through the 16th in Chicago. If you didn't write it down, we got the link in the show notes. Hey guys, Eric here. If you follow Ted and I, you know that we've been traveling all over the United States doing seminars. Every time I do one of those seminars, I like to ask the handler where they got their dog. 
Every time they tell me Southern Coast Canine, I know we're going to have a good time. I know it's going to be a good dog. We've been seeing a lot of their dogs at a lot of different seminars, detection, dual purpose, new handlers, experienced handlers, guys that have gone back to them over and over again. Uh, We just did the Bravo 3 conference recently down in Daytona and Southern Coast Canine brought out three green dogs. Like they just got them off the plane from Europe and they were bangers, all three of them. They killed the scenarios. They'd never seen any of that stuff, but their selection process is great. Check out their website, southerncoastcanine.com. They're offering handler schools, trainer schools, supervisor schools. They got uh, a great relationship with Tripwire, so they're doing explosive stuff down there. Every year they do a huge detection seminar. Check out southerncoastcanine.com. I've been really impressed, honestly, with the dogs that I've seen come from them. Southerncoastcanine.com. Good people. Great facility. Check them out. Hey everybody, it's Ted. Let's take a break for a second. Let's talk about Dogtra. We make no bones about the fact that Eric and I love Dogtra. In fact, we've been users of them since long before we even started the podcast, and it's one of the reasons that we approached them to be sponsors of the show. We typically only want to have stuff on here that we actually use and that we can stand behind and endorse. Dogtra is one of those companies. They've been at it for a long time and are industry leaders when it comes to production of reliable, consistent training equipment for your dog, whether be poppers and droppers, whether it be e-collars or now, they've got the new GPS one, which Eric has been playing with and he really, really likes it. So what I want everyone to do is head to dogtra.com. You get a 10% off of any item over $200 and you use the discount code WDR10. That's just like the initials of the show, Working Dog Radio, WDR10. Hit them up. Hey guys, Eric here. If you listen to Working Dog Radio or follow me on social media, Van SK9, you know that I am involved in a wide variety of aspects of the dog world. I am a police dog trainer, pet dog trainer, I own dog daycare, and I am a pet owner. So I have a wide variety of needs when it comes to gear for the dogs, daily living things for the dogs, all kinds of items, training, anything possible I need. I go to one place, rayallen.com. Rayallen.com is a one-stop shop for everything dog related. Anything you could possibly need, check them out. rayallen.com. They've been doing a long time. Great customer service, super high integrity at that place. rayallen.com. Put in promo code Working Dog Radio for 10% off your next order. Ted and I love that place. RayAllen.com. Get on there. Click everything you need. Ship it all at once. RayAllen.com for all things dogs. Yo, everybody, let's talk about getting a job. Coast to Coast Canine is hiring experienced full-time and part-time drug and explosive detection canine handlers. If you're interested... Shoot Peggy Heiser an email at pheiser, P-H-E-I-S-E-R at c2ck9.com. That's the letter C, the number two, the letter C, the number K, the number nine dot com. What you have to have to be eligible for this is a minimum of three years knowledge in handling detection or training experience with law enforcement and military and large breed high drive dogs. You got to possess a trainer certification from a state recognized agency or national certification such as USPCA, NAPWADA, NNDDA, or something similar. You also need to have a knowledge and or experience as an instructor or a canine handler with a state recognized agency like the Florida Department of Law Enforcement. You got to speak fluent Spanish and English. If you have all that, they're willing to give you a competitive wage and employee benefits. Again, that's P. Heiser at C2CK9.com. Highland Canine Training LLC. To all of my fellow LE Canine guys, Highland Canine should definitely be on your short list of vendors when it comes time to adding to your unit or replacing one of your dogs. Highland Canine offers green and pre trained single and dual purpose dogs if you train in house. But most importantly, they offer a full service canine academy with canine handlers courses canine instructors courses, specialized advanced canine training, and canine supervisors courses. Jason and his staff of instructors have been there and done that in this game. They run these classes year-round, so go to their awesome website at www.tacticalpolicecaninetraining.com. That's Tactical Police, the letter K, the number 9, training.com, and make your unit better. 
So let's talk about DNA canine okay. uh, specifically. Um, I know you, you're traveling, doing a lot of stuff. Do you host like handler schools and all that? Are you full service type yeah, stuff? Yeah, um, I see. Uh, not not so much this year. I've I've been gone. Like I'm only scheduled to be back in my house. 62 in consecutive days this year, hmm. um, which is why we're talking about you know relocating, not even not even putting down roots, but just more like a compound, mm-hmm. and um, finding somebody who are motivated that can that can handle that police side of it. Um, but yeah, started off like that, you know, um, got some backing, got some connections just from um, again people who've taught me. Right, went over there, um, started soliciting to police departments, and showed them my patrol dog. You know, it's just, and I was honest. I was like, "Hey, you know, this is, this is, this is what can be achieved with the kind of dogs that I, that I, mm-hmm. I do in the training." But this is not what it's going to look like when it graduates. You understand that, right? right. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. it'll be a little OJT. There's yeah. no such thing as a turnkey. I don't yeah. care what anybody says. Yeah. But, um, but, uh, but yeah. So doing, um, I think, just two a year. I've been a one-man show for for the longest time. Mm-hmm. And oh, um, I've been there. I know. It. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's why I got fucking dogs in my truck, yeah. and I'm driving back and forth to this fucking conference. <laughs> Because yeah, I got a dog in there that will bite everyone, and no one else will deal with it. Well, and that's the thing. You know, what do you do? You know, what you do you drive do? back and forth to the conference yeah, every day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, so um, I do that, um, and then uh, the decoy schools are actually what kind of really, uh, really impressed and a lot of people. Um, and uh, I've kind of merged from that. Uh, I'm working with some SAR units. Mm-hmm. As well, um, just kind of doing some high angle insertion stuff, and so they can go out there and and look for people or put dogs in regions. And you know, as I think as as I've evolved, I'm still so new to the game, and and uh, I learn every day. But as I've evolved, I'm kind of leaning away, uh, or really primarily focusing on less on you know more operant condition responses depending on what the stimulus is right so the dog's going to do this 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 right which i see there's value and i love that mm-hmm. but you know that's 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 what we're doing as our bread and butter you know and i'm becoming more um interested in like, what's that dog's mind doing mm-hmm. you know where is he at a stage of life what's what's how's he processing the world around him and um looking at it from that perspective i'm actually seeing um ways where you know our our, our t- typical methods are you know a b c d and as we gain experience we know kind of when we can jump something, right? Mm-hmm. But being able to pay attention where that dog's uh, maturity level's at and, and, and how he's receiving information, depending on if you can control the environment around you as he's learning, and use a lot of self-discovery methods, right? You actually make a clearer picture on things you can kind of step and speed of the process, and it's, it's kind of dog-dependent. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm teaching that, too. and. Um, and like like today's seminar, I did. Um, I can't even know why I'm here. Mm. <laughs> All these heavy hitters, but uh, but um, you know, I was I was one of the first ones to be asked to be here. And um, of course, you know, like Franco was here, and he's going to do mm-hmm. his decoy school. So I'm not doing that. Um, I'm like, okay, well, I'll do some table work. And you've got like um, Hags doing his table work here. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm like, well, yeah, no. So I'm not doing yeah. that either, you know. And so um, I started thinking about, you know, where where do we break down? As, as as handlers, you know, like what, what what prevents us from going from point A to point B, and it's it's his little nuances, you know. It's like you know what what are those transitional steps, you know, that that we need to know. You know, it's mm-hmm. not just like okay, he's on a suit, now I want you to put a muzzle on and slap him. It should be it should work out just fine. Yeah, you know, like it it, it doesn't. And they're like oh, garbage dog, you yeah, know. Junk. Well, where's the muzzle? Yeah, but well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fuck me, fuck. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you were doing what was the what seminar or what uh, seminar did you do today? Um, this was uh, shit. What was it? It was uh, it was it was fa- um, bridging, bridging right. foundational bite work into civil man aggression. Right. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Civil. And the so, civil class. Uh, well, one of them. That's what they call it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they said, yeah. So um, now, um, again, it was, it was just taking that approach, like, okay, um, simple things like, you know, how old is my dog? Where does he come from? Why there does that go. matter? You know? And uh, you know, telling handlers, like, you, you do realize this dog was not bred to be an American police dog, right? So there's a good chance that he's come out hitting a sleeve pretty hard, right? And he comes from a certain region. He's probably got some foundational training in a sport, you know? And then when you're plan- planning your, your training program, um, that that extra things that he knows, you know, could help you, or it could be the thing that's hindering you. Yeah. But if you don't if you don't know, you know, and then um, I just showed him like a, uh, a a quick little brief with a really nice tuned up tuned up dog. He's already capped, right? Kind of made me look look like an asshole for a second. Mm. So <laughs> I'm not sure if you guys heard. But, no, uh, no, yeah. no, no, no. So I'm doing all my normal cues that you know, like a, a, a younger dog would would understand when we're communicating as an animal would to kind of solicit these behaviors, right? And he's just like, "Fuck you, bro." 
I've yeah. been here. <laughs> he's, he's like, this isn't even real. Just put that shit on so I can buy it, buy it, right? So I was like, all right, um, you guys are about to see pain solicited aggression. Watch this, you know. And uh, but it was cool because um, afterwards, you know, I got a lot of people who you can clearly you can tell had had been handling the dog for a while. You know, you know that look from an old ex handler, right? They, uh, oh yeah, kind of kind of limp <laughs> a little bit, you know, kind of. Kind of scowl in the beginning, you know. Mm-hmm. They come up, they're like, "I never really thought about that approach." You know, where where is the dog, and 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 what, uh, you know, like how we break it, break down this entire goal and compartmentalize our training and then put it all back together, you know. And uh, it, do you use that method out. to, what I want to say, head off some problems? Like you could see something in a dog, you're like, I don't know what's going on, but you are about to shit the bed. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. We're, um, we're just experience based. You see it happen. You know, you get to that point where you can start anticipating mm-hmm. things. You know, yeah. and you're like, uh oh. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, absolutely. Um, and then you know, there's sometimes where you have to create a behavior uh, just to extinct it so you can reach your your ultimate goal. You know, mm-hmm. as, as that again, that bridge, that learning bridge. We had a dog that I finished last year that um, was one of our breedings, and um, when he was a puppy, I just kind of thought he was like whatever right he's not going to turn out to be that nice so he went and lived in somebody's house for 18 months chased a tennis ball around and was a pet all of a sudden he decided that he wanted to fucking kill everybody and so this dog had zero bite work right ever no foundation nothing um i had him at the kennel uh they brought him back and i just back tied him and kind of flipped a like a little pillow around and he went on fucking hinge and I was like oh okay so (laughs) but then immediately um like I would try and I was like all right cool so I I tried to move him to a to a sleeve like go through the sleeve progression and he became so fixated on each individual piece of equipment and I looked at my kennel tech and my intern and I was like this dog is never to be shown a hard sleeve ever and we need to move him to hidden equipment as soon as possible and I mean within I think 16 days is what I have to go back and look at my notes. But like within 16 days, I had him nuking hidden sleeves. <laughs> and that dog to this day, if you stick a hidden sleeve, or if you stick a hard try to sleeve in his face, he'll bite you in the leg. That dog bites so fucking hard. Wow. And he, and, but I, like you said, like, and Eric said, like, I recognized it. And I was like, if we do way, if we do too much work, he does not need any more drive. Yeah. And if we do too much work with outside equipment, he's going to be equipment fixating. I'm going to be fixing this for the rest of this dog's life. Yeah. So I was yeah. like, just teach him to bite people we'll be fine yeah. and <laughs> he bites you he'll bite your ass I mean yeah I, I love watching your work man it's so cool because you know like um, you 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 bring in that that civil picture right um, you uh, the way you use your environment around you you know where you you you, you titrate the lights right? you put people in really fucked up small areas oh, you know oh, yeah. and uh, it's 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 so cool and the little things that you know we don't we don't really think about as, as hammers you know like what what is this environment doing this dog psyche you know like what do we have to expose him to you know and you, know, you want to wire an engagement that can go the way it was supposed to in the real world and then you, you know, I guarantee if you back it up it's, it's things like that simple things right you know but just to watch you do it and I, I, I love the things on the bus you know I love the shit you talk oh that's yeah the, <laughs> shit, the, shit, the, the shit box the pain bill yeah that's what Ray calls it <laughs> shit box the pain bill I love it. so I, I have two more questions one is are you trying to get your beard like that for those of you who can't see us Matt's is getting there it's it's glorious. Yeah. Well, it's not like Howard's, that's for damn sure. No, no Howard Young's on a whole nother Santa Claus. <laughs> I, I, I was there two days ago. I was down here. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Turned it up. Yeah. Oh, um, fucking Milan, he he, he, he he called me out on my shit. He's like, um, he goes, you, you don't even look human. Ah. Yeah, he's like, you need to fix that. <laughs> so I was like, all right. You that's know? pretty funny. So I come in here. My other question is, is everyone call you Goodwin? Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. And um, sorry, right. like one O goose. Yeah, there's one O in God. There, there is. Yeah, don't fuck with God because he always wins. You <laughs> yeah, know, that's, that's how it's spelled. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, but uh, yeah, I used to be a peeve, and uh, you wouldn't believe the little amount of shit that roll off now. <laughs> like Mr. Gilman. Close yeah. enough, Gilman. Yeah, Roger. You know, yeah, whatever. Close enough, whatever. So what classes are you going to sit through? What are, you, what are you looking forward to? Oh, dude, there's not enough time in the day. Yeah, um, I know. I knew. I knew that. Um, that. Uh, I've been asked to kind of help out with a table class mm-hmm. this afternoon. I'm really excited about that, just you know, considering the source, you know. Um, and, uh, and oh yeah, I can't forget. So Joe Lukowski and Matt Nero put this on. They're like super oh, guys. Yeah. He has my dog. Uh, <laughs> his name's Hilo. It used to be Toll, and he told me to say that. So <laughs> I love both these guys. Now they're yeah, great. Good if, yeah. If, uh, yeah. Just to kind of piggyback on that too. Um, this if. Uh, 
if, if you miss this conference, you, you you missed out. I mean, this is. But I got a feeling it's as stressful as it was for Joe to do this this year. It, it, there'll be a repeat. Oh yeah, will have to oh, be yeah. for I sure. Mean, I think they said we had. Uh, just over 400, I think, is what they that's, said. Yeah. So. That's a pretty good turnout, man. Especially yeah. for one, for, for, for <laughs> rep one. So right. We talked about it when we interviewed him, and I said one of the things I liked was, sure, you have Kenny and you have some guys here that, that everybody knows that does the, you know, does the circuit and everything, but there's a lot of instructors here that we in the business know who they are, but uh, handlers in them don't know, yeah. and it gives a shot for a guy to, to yeah. kind of – get to show you know i know you may never have heard of me but i actually do know what the fuck i'm talking about and yeah. and yep. i think that's pretty cool man and they did a decent job with that they kind of mixed it with with a little lesser known guys some dudes have been doing it for a long time and then some of the bigger bigger name hitters um so i, I like this conference I, I think i think that's that's beautiful too because you know i i firmly believe in for handlers to steal everything from everybody mm-hmm. you know um and the more exposure you have I mean, you can't go wrong getting more knowledge. You just can't. Yeah. I think where we fuck up a lot is, is where we close our toolboxes and say this is this is the way. Yep. You know, and I think once you do that, and it's only a matter of time before you get you get proven otherwise. Mm-hmm. We're still just scratching the surface on all this, and yep. and and getting getting that not even from a like a, a business or financial aspect, but getting that exposure of that different perspective. You know, to where you you and me could all do the same class on muzzle work right right and out of of 50 handlers i guarantee you there's a third there's a third there's a third right one third learn from me learn nothing from you guys the other two thirds but you know it's it's just because it 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 landed different it 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 was it was it was bridged different for them you know and it's stuff that they need you know Mm -hmm. and you have these these guys who are again you know just moguls just just you know gods in this world right. and it's, it's you can it's always a great time to pick their brain oh, real quick one yeah. funny. <laughs> one of my as a new handler in my old training group um he i asked him what, what'd you go to because i went to the uh, obedience to odor class i go oh kenny he goes yeah that the long-haired guy the long-haired guy i go that's I fucking go, kenny yeah I go, <laughs> how do you know he's mr lick biggest importer of dogs in the united states easily yeah. and and sells more dogs than anybody i go and you don't never heard of him i'm like dude you, if you're going to be in this shit do fucking get some respect and yeah. learn this fucking industry a little <laughs> yeah. bit yeah I, i've got a buddy named jacob and then he, he might as well be one of kenny's kids I mean, he loves that man so much and, and for good reason and uh, it's so funny I, we'll run to each other at a conference or whatnot and the same thing will happen like you ever heard of vlk and they're like no and but the look on his face the look on his fucking face you motherfucker i can't even i can't even talk to you you what so what's the best way for folks to find you you got are you on social media yeah, which I know you are, but right. Yeah, I've I've got a Facebook page, DNA K nine LLC, and then DNA K nine uh, Professional Police Military Decoy School. Um, it, honestly, I'm a, I, I suck at social media. Yeah, you know I do. Uh, the best way to contact me is, uh, you know, download your WhatsApp, right? And here's the number nine one zero five zero eight sixty four thirty. It goes directly to me. If I don't pick up. Um, I'm, I promise you, I'm, I'm not screening. Right? I'm, yeah. I'll say hi. How you doing? All right. Um, but uh, call, leave a message, beat me up. You know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm one man. Yeah. yeah. So this week you will get greased. That website. Uh, DNAK9.com. Letter K number nine. That's it. Yeah. Right? And then uh, Matt at DNA. Matt at DNAK9.com. Two T's. Or what? Two T's. Two T's. Matt with two T's. Yeah. That's right. At least I'll put it in the show notes. Cool. So, yeah. I I'm, I love it. I'm glad you came on. Yeah, dude. Thank you so much. Awesome, man. This is cool. Yeah, we need some beer. We should have had a beer. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. I'm down with that. <laughs> yeah, we can do that for on sure. On that note, we'll be back in a little bit with uh, our next guest. See you soon. Thanks, guys. I want to take a second to talk about equipment selection for patrol work. One of the most important aspects of teaching and maintaining patrol functions is your equipment. Proper equipment selection and fit makes all the difference in the world when it comes to creating and maintaining patrol and sport dogs. This episode is possible in part with support from Arno at ALM Suits. Because of the importance of this equipment, I use ALM Suits exclusively. I've owned one for about five years and use it almost daily at the kennel and have caught thousands of dogs and tens of thousands of bites. Arno was able to make a great fitting suit for my lanky ass and I couldn't be happier with it. Arno can take your measurements and make you a suit each and everything he does in his shop in Vegas. Between the top-notch materials and the handmade 
aspect, you're getting some of the best bite equipment in the world from ALM. The suits come in a full range of weights, from training weight to comp weight, which is what I use because I'm not a pussy and you shouldn't be either. He offers some Kevlar inserts to make the thinner suits a little safer and more comfortable, plus they keep your tattoo artist happy. He makes a full range of toys and reward tugs also. Be sure to hit him up at alnk9equipment.com. That's the letter K, the number 9, or Arno, A-R-N-O, at alnsuits.com. Be sure to use the discount code WDRADIO for 10% off your first order. Tell him you heard it here. Now go get bit. Eric here. Like many trainers, Ted and I go through toys with the hard, super chewer dogs we typically have in our kennel. So we need toys designed to withstand the grueling reality of high-drive working dogs. That's where USA Canine Dog Toys excel. Their toys are made from an extremely durable rubber compound. They have reward toys as well as food dispenser toys, all made to last and are very affordable. All the toys are military-themed. Go to the website, www.usa-canine.com. Check out the grenade-shaped toys. They got the cherry bomb. They got a lot of other great things over there, military-themed toys. Here's the best part. A portion of all USA Canine proceeds go to support military working dogs and other veterans organizations. And that's freaking badass. www.usa-canine.com. Use the promo code K. 9 Pro or check them out on Instagram at USA Canine Dog Toys. Everybody loves stuff that goes boom. And we couldn't talk about stuff that goes boom without talking about Tripwire Operations Group. They're some of the best in the industry at stuff that makes loud noises and blows stuff up, specifically for guys in this podcast. For if you're handling an explosive dog or you're a trainer of an explosive dog, they have one of the most well-rounded, ready-to-go kits in the correct amounts and odors for any national standard or state standard certification. Head over to tripwireops.org to check it out. They're headquartered in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, and a group of first responders dedicated to serving first responders. They believe that the most highly trained and prepared first responders create a safer America. They prepare you guys and other first responders and military to protect our country by providing products, services, training, and relationships which together no one else provides. In fact, they've done several HME large hide courses recently, which is a really valuable thing for explosives handlers because you're not really able to get that much odor in one place at one time safely. And these guys do a fantastic job. Be sure to head over to tripwireops.org and check out the full list of classes they've got going on and have contact info there on the website. Again, tripwireops.org. You got your reasons, I got my wants. Still got that feeling, but I'm too old to die young now. Working Dog Radio was graciously granted permission to use this music by Brother Deeg. Be sure to check him out at brotherdeeg.blogspot.com. That's spelled brother, D-E-G-E, dot blogspot.com. Be sure to buy him a beer at Amazon, iTunes, or CD Baby, or anywhere you stream your music. Working Duck Radio was edited and co-produced by Alicia Brandt.